Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we are live. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, once again, we are going to help you dominate your fantasy football drafts this late summer and early fall. Nothing better than trophies, virtual trophies. I see a trophy right behind you, Eric, and I'm wondering if that is an actual fantasy football trophy and if you wanted to show it off. Oh, yeah, home league trophy for sure. So, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, the camera will pick that up. Oh, that's that's great. Just yeah. I mean, it's a small one. You know, it doesn't have to be gaudy or anything like that. Um, yeah. So Eric Smith, QB list back again. We're doing running backs tonight. I'm really excited about running backs because this is where it starts to get fun. Yeah. And I, uh, for the occasion, I wore a Walter Payton sweetness shirt, uh, the best to ever do it. So I'm, I'm curious if, if you played fantasy football in the, in the 70s, um, how many straight years would you take Walter Payton number one in these rankings? <laughs> Sounds good to me. I've got an old Todd Gurley t-shirt somewhere from uh, – he won a league for me, but um, not sure where that one was. It's an old Rams shirt. Yeah, that's uh, you know that, well, his peak. His peak was a little shorter than Sweetness's, but um, all right. Well, we're we're using uh we're using the similar board from last time. Um, hey, if you if you like all these, you know, let us know. Uh, hit hit up the comments and, and hit us with your questions. And uh, if you can hit subscribe on the Second City Gridiron YouTube, trying to hit a thousand subs before the season starts helps out a lot. We've got a lot going on here. Uh, that'd be really cool if you could do that. Um, I'm going to turn off this crawler now so that we can see the the whole web page, though. And uh, the board, like last time, we've got the uh, elite tier, star tier as the S, uh, lockdown RB1, the guys that we feel really confident will finish as an RB1 as the A, the boomer bus at the B, the more boring guys, but they got a high floor at the C tier. Uh, and then D and E, we're kind of playing with this idea of like a third down back, you know, guy that can catch out of the backfield. Maybe a, you bump them up a little bit if you're in a PPR league. And then guys down on this next tier, uh, E tier are going to be guys that, you know, you're hoping will get touchdowns, got goal line carries, things like that. Uh, nothing wrong with drafting those guys. We're talking about the top 30 backs tonight. That's it. Um, and, and so we will handle 31 through X later on a flex uh, show. But before we get into any specific players, Eric, tell me about general philosophy on the backs right now this year. Yeah, so we've seen a lot of change over time. Uh, we used to have all these bell cow running backs in the NFL that got 30 carries a game, and you could just draft two running backs in the first two rounds. You hit on those, you're all set. Uh, you probably know there's been a big push in the community for the uh, the zero running back approach lately where running backs get hurt a lot. Let's not draft them early. Let's spend that on safer receivers. Uh, I've, I've generally settled into the hero running back strategy, which is lock down your number one running back. Um, then just take all the receivers you can after that and start piecing together your RB2 later. Um, 
we're really hitting an interesting time in just fantasy football for the running back position as a whole, because we've got all these older quarter, all, all these older running backs right now that we've relied on for years. Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Zeke Elliott, Nick Chubb, they're all entering their age 27 seasons. Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones entering their age 28 seasons. And like this is when it falls off a cliff for them historically. So we've kind of got a change in the guard here. We've had some of the younger running backs injured, like uh, J.K. Dobbins, uh, ETN, players like that. So it's it's a tough year at running back. Um, I would say make sure you get one in the first two rounds. We'll talk about that a lot. Uh, but then don't overdraft some of these other players. But uh, we really want to go for league-winning running backs. That, that's that's the big thing for me. We can get more into what a league-winning running back is, but I don't think we want to just settle on the safe players. We need to be trying to get that Christian McCaffrey season. So that, that's the goal of this show is uh, the top 30 running backs. We want to get those running backs that can win you your league just by themselves. Well, let's start it off. Like, who do you who do you want to talk about first? Uh, to me, Taylor is the obvious number one overall, just on based on his season last year. I think he just and his youth, and I think you count on him behind that offensive line. Is there anybody else that's in close to that level for you? Yeah, so I want to talk about uh, Taylor and McCaffrey together. Um, Taylor okay. is my number one, McCaffrey number two. Honestly, I think it just comes down to risk tolerance and upside here. Uh, if you're playing in your home league, like you just want to have fun, you know, compete all year, have a player that can win you your league for sure. Like Jonathan Taylor is the safest bet. Um, he was awesome last year, uh, deserving RB1 overall. Um, you know, he, he he's just a really solid player and his youth is awesome and his, his health track record. So uh, we love Jonathan Taylor. CMC, though, like his highs are higher than anyone else's. And we probably can't project anyone else in this draft to have the peak that Christian McCaffrey does. So if you're playing in like a, a big tournament, one of these best ball tournaments that have a bunch of teams in it, or if you're one of those kind of, uh, you know, second place is first loser type people, McCaffrey's your guy because his ceiling is unparalleled. We can get into some more of the stats here with those two players, but that's the big difference to me. Safety with Taylor, um, high risk, high reward with McCaffrey. You feel a little bit better about the Indianapolis offense, though, with with uh, Matt Ryan coming over. Um, you know, they, they, it seems like they've got a, a pretty established offensive line. I know that he's a hero. I know that McCaffrey's a hero, but right. but Taylor has a better infrastructure around him with the with a proven play caller. No, I would agree with that. Um, I will say their line has slipped a little bit. They've got some holes in the offensive line and. Uh, Carolina did invest in the offensive line and uh, Baker Mayfield certainly is an upgrade over what they had before. So things are looking a little better in uh, Carolina, but yeah, I mean, it's just a locked in system for Jonathan Taylor. We know exactly what we're going to get out of him. Um, he, he, we'd like to see him improve a little bit on his three targets per game last year, um, unless they up his rushing total from last year, but it was already pretty high. Uh, but you know, he, he scored a lot of touchdowns last year, so it's hard to see that combine uh, that that increase too much higher. So I, I think we kind of got what we got with him last year, which was a really good season. But McCaffrey has put up like thirty point per game PPR season. Um, Henry's, or I mean Taylor, is a little closer to like twenty two points per game. So it's just that that peak that Taylor probably doesn't have because he doesn't catch the passes. But you, I agree completely. This is an offense that's going to feature him. He's going to get the ball as much as he can handle, and he's got age and health on his side. So Taylor's the the safe elite pick if you've got a top two pick or the number one overall pick and you're trying to figure out where to go with it. McCaffrey's maybe swing for the fences yeah. uh, because you know he, there's just no one with a higher ceiling. 
Yeah, and I mean, the, the injuries are the red flag. He had no red flags for injuries until 2020, and then it's been ankle sprain, thigh sprain, uh, shoulder strain. It's just been everything the last two seasons. So he's been awesome when he plays, and like I said, the, I think their offense is going to be better this year. Um, he's, his 2019 season was historically great. So if we get a full season out of McCaffrey, he has not shown a slip in his play as far as fantasy production. So we get 14 games out of him. I, I think he's probably the better play over Jonathan Taylor. It's just how much risk do you want to take on? He's the type of player that, you know, you, you take him and when he shows up on the injury report week two, he just you just can't enjoy the rest of the fantasy season, you know? So uh, just kind of take your own um, preferences of mind on these picks. Uh, I wouldn't fault you for taking either one at RB1. Well, I'm not going to have a chance at either of these guys. They're going to be gone well before I'm going to be able to pick in in my league that I'm that I'm thinking about here. But uh, who do you got next? Uh, let, let's let's move on. Let's continue with the star players. Yeah, so I like Austin Eckler next. Um, I know he's been knocked in the past because we see him as a smaller pass catcher, but he really broke out last year. Uh, he was just as good as Jonathan Taylor on a point per game basis last year, and uh, he gets to play with Justin Herbert. I mean, <laughs> like that's a huge bonus. So. Um, he's topped five targets a game each of the past three seasons. Only Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara can claim that. So uh, there's just a lot of positive passing game work here with Eckler. He's, if anything ever happened to Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, he's going to see an uptick there. If, if Herbert keeps ascending, he's going to keep seeing more work. So um, the, the cons with Eckler, uh, he's 27. Um, you know, he had kind of a high uh, percentage of touchdowns on the ground last year compared to his carries. That that could kind of regress a little bit. And he's kind of openly talked about how they need to get some people in there uh, to help him as an RB2 in the offense. Like he needs a little bit off his plate because they're going to wear him out. But uh, he's locked in. Pass catcher. We love pass catchers. I'm, I'm basing most of this on PPR leagues, but um, targets are still more valuable in general, I think, even in half PPR, maybe even some standard leagues. So he's going to score enough touchdowns. He'll get enough targets. Um, Eckler's locked in in every league for me is RB3. Yeah, and, and I'm sad that I'm not going to probably be able to get him because I have had him in the last couple of years. And last year, I think he helped basically win the league for me. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm going to miss him. I miss him already. You know, What pick do you have? Uh, 10. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming back as a defending champ. So, um, and I know the only a 10 team league, but you know, Hey, you, you got to do what you got to do. All leagues um, are good leagues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm already missing him, but, uh, so, so who would be next? So these, these guys here, uh, Najee Harris and, and Derek Henry are, are guys that don't, don't exactly have a lot of targets. Um, are, are they next on your list or do you have maybe a, a guy like Dalvin cook, uh, yeah. sneaking up there? So I actually have Najee Harris next, and I'm a little higher than probably consensus is on him. Um, Najee actually did have a bunch of targets in Pittsburgh last year. Um, he, he got a ton of work. He had five and a half targets per game. It was Roethlisberger just dumping the ball off to him. Um, we expected the Steelers offense to be worse, but it wasn't that great with Roethlisberger anyway. Um, the, the worry is that the play volume goes down, I think. Uh, they had a really high uh, – play volume total for the year, even though their offense wasn't that good. I think that's because Roethlisberger checked the ball down over and over, but uh, I, I, he's still going to draw these targets. I mean, Ryan Heath from QB list did a, a nice study um, on running backs. If they earn targets or if the quarterback, you know, kind of dumps the ball off to them. And um, his study basically found that running backs, if they're talented pass catchers, any quarterback will throw it to them. Um, check that out on the website. If you want a little more detailed explanation, but I really like Najee Harris. The, the offense is a worry. Um, but his usage was just insane. He led the league with an 84% snap share last year. David Montgomery was second at 75%. 
And Derrick Henry was the only other player over 70%. So he's there running back. He's on the field constantly. I, I think between his youth and the usage, that's why he's locked in here for me. I, I'm trying to get out ahead of these older running backs and jump on some of these younger ones. And, and Najee Harris is the perfect choice here. And if you're picking at 10, depends on your league. Um, but I've been in some drafts where I get him around 9 or 10. So I think he's a really nice option mid to late first round to, to lock in your bell cow. Yeah, definitely not. It doesn't have that uh, sexy offense that you, you think of where we just got done talking about Eckler, but he's what they have, right? I mean, yeah. I, I know that they have some good receiving options, but but right yeah. now that's kind of the primary option when you've got a really good defense and they're not going to probably want uh, mm. you know Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky to air it out too much. So he's, he's definitely going to get his work. Um, and yeah. he's a good goal line guy, right? I mean, this is a guy that will punch yeah. it in when he's given the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, um, he scored basically as many PPR points as like Fournette and Mixon did last year. And he only scored 10 touchdowns. It's not that many touchdowns. So like it, even if the offense is worse, I think he can still score 10 touchdowns again. So I just, I just really like him. He's going to get targets. We just hope the volume is there from last year. Okay. All right. So Derek Henry coming off an injury, Dalvin cook, are these guys both elite tier kind of guys. Yes. So these two round out my elite okay. tier. I have Henry first. Honestly, you could put either of them in either order. This is one where you can go by preference for me. Um, I had Cook down a tier because he had some off-season legal issues, but they seem to have just disappeared. So I'm assuming Cook's playing the full season. But um, for Derrick Henry, it's scary. He's entering age 28. He had a broken bone in his foot last year. He did make it back for the playoffs, but it's it's real scary for Henry. They don't have A.J. Brown. Um, PFF ranks their offensive line as the 27th in the league, so it's not quite what it used to be. They really need Taylor Lewan to come back healthy um, or and just to play like he used to play. Um, so it feels like a team on the decline, but like they're going to base the offense around Derrick Henry for sure. Uh, he's going to get a crazy amount of carries. Like He was averaging, I believe, uh, yeah, 27 rushing attempts per game before he got hurt last year. Like That's insane. Yeah, his ceiling is insane, and I don't know if it's going to happen one more year, but I, I once we get past him and Dalvin Cook, we're not going to see these ceilings for the most part. So um, he's riskier. I think Dalvin Cook is safer. Um, Dalvin Cook gets a new coordinator here, um, Kevin O'Connell. Um, we assume they're going to use him like they used to use him. Who knows? Maybe we see more Alexander Madison, but – Dalvin Cook is one who has been elite. Um, he's gotten good passing game work. We've seen it in the past. He's not too, too old. So uh, you could go back and forth on these two either way. Um, but this is pretty pretty clear the end of the first tier for me at running back. I'll have a Vikings fan drafting a couple in front of me. So I'm not <laughs> sure that Cook's really uh, in the in the cards. But, you know, there's also Justin Jefferson to think about. And so I don't know. Maybe, maybe one of these guys uh, will get to me. But I, I think yeah. Cook's really good. I think for what you said – uh, with Henry. I love Derrick Henry. I, I really hope that he bounces back with a big year and can continue to make like a Hall of Fame case because I, I really like studying running backs and, and Hall of Fame careers and so really like Hall of Fame running backs. And he just he, he has a chance, but he really does need to put up some more stats and, and have a couple more dominant years really help him. And he was on that path last year. Like he was going to win another rushing title. I uh, would have put him in real elite company. Uh, to be able to do that. But uh, if he can come back strong from from that injury this year, that'll be a lot of fun. And he is one of the more exciting guys to have. This is this okay. is like an excitement level type guy too. Yep. And before he went down last year, he was averaging 24 PPR points per game. 
Uh, that's like the third highest over the last three years. So he was having an elite, elite season. I wouldn't expect quite that again, but we can see 20 points a game out of him easily. Yeah, they are just feeding him. So, yeah. um, <laughs> all right. Out. So, so there's a little bit of a break here. Uh, yeah. So these are the guys that you believe are star guys. Lock them in. Absolutely take them. The next, the eight we believe that they, these guys can finish uh, RB one. Um, but at what point, like you're gonna have, <clears throat> you're gonna let us know when it's like, hey, actually, maybe just make sure you take a top wide receiver, right? Like, like right. make sure you tell me that break. But but who's next? Let's start off the A tier. Yeah, so this is probably another one that people are gonna um, not feel real confident in. But it's uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, this is youth. It's pass catching. You know, it's trying to get these players on the rise and not these running backs on the tail end of their career. I mean, he was already pretty solid last year, 16 PPR points a game. He had an elite six targets a game. That's really good for a running back. Uh, he's got the third-ranked offensive line, according to PFF. He's 23 years old. They don't have a ton of competition around him. Like, I think we can expect a really big workload for DeAndre Swift. And I totally understand being hesitant to draft him end of the first, early second, wherever he's going to end up going. We'll see when you know more leagues kick off. But I understand it because Jared Goff's his quarterback, and that's probably going to hold him out, hold him back from a true, true breakout. Uh, but if he stays healthy, he's going to catch a ton of passes, and I just really like him in a PPR league. If it was a standard league, he definitely takes a knock just because the Lions aren't going to score a ton of points. But he can easily catch four or five passes a game, and that's huge for PPR. Yeah, that I mean, that feels a little rich for me, but uh, that's also because I'm a Bears fan and you know <laughs> yeah. just have that reflex about Lions players. But uh, right. fair enough. Uh, I will uh, I will take that under consideration. Uh, I see your your favorite uh, team is represented here with Joe Mixon. Uh, yep. We've got uh, Leonard Fournette, <clears throat> much higher than I would have thought uh, was going to be ranked here, and then yep. kind of a newcomer here um, with the Broncos back. So, so where do you want to go next? Yep. So let's uh, let's order uh, Mixon, Javante Williams, and Leonard Fournette for me. Um, I'm going to start with Mixon. I, he's a locked in RB one. Like this is no disrespect to him being behind DeAndre uh, Swift here. Uh, I just think it's maybe his ceiling's not so great. Um, this has really stuck with me. Uh, the Athletics' Paul uh, Daner Jr., uh, the Bengals' beat writer, um, kind of broke down uh, Joe Mixon's third down snaps last year. And, like, starting in Week 13 against the Chargers all the way through the Super Bowl, Mixon played, like, under two third down snaps per game on average. So they have just – they've tried to use him in the passing game. I don't think they trust him blocking. And we've just seen that Mixon doesn't have that true – three down pass catcher role in the offense. So, I mean, they were giving work to Samaje P. Ryan on passing downs. He's not a pass catching back. So um, I, I just think Mixon's going to be locked in. He was RB7 last year, points per game. You're going to feel good having him. I just don't know if you're going to see that true elite breakout season from Mixon. So we'll see. Maybe Burrow lights things up this year, but um, well, he did towards the end of last year. But uh, Mixon, you're not going to – I'm happy drafting him here. I just – I'm not going to sneak him into that top tier for me personally premium floor player mm -hmm. right like yeah. um it's not a floor it's not a category c floor player but a, a category a floor player right like where he he has an established floor but yeah. you just don't really see any kind of possibility you know the the space between the floor and the ceiling is pretty pretty low yeah you just have to run super hot on touchdowns i think but there's nobody that's going to take any you know early down work from him he's going to be the goal line back so yeah he's locked in i feel great about him so Javante Williams is the first one where we're doing a lot of projecting here. Um, it makes me a little yeah. uneasy uh, just because he has not really done it yet. Um, but 
at some point we have to take a stance on these players that are young and talented at running back. And I don't know how much you got to see of him last year, Jeff, but he, he's a really good running back. Um, they trusted him in the passing game as a rookie. He had a 10% rookie target share, even with Melvin Gordon around, who's a trusted passing down guy. Um, they're getting Russell Wilson, which is just going to completely unlock this offense, no matter what you think of Russell Wilson, like at this stage of his career, he's better than Drew Locke and, and Teddy Bridgewater. So um, we're really betting on this. It could be a timeshare with Melvin Gordon. I still think he's going to be useful. Um, it's just a matter of can he really break out? But I mean, he he breaks as many tackles as anyone in the league, and he's trusted on third down. He catches passes. Yeah, this is definitely your first like swing or miss pick of the draft. But I, I think he's I think he's talented enough and in good enough of a spot where I wouldn't consider him a boom player. I, I just I think there's so many ways this goes well for Williams that I'm willing to roll the dice on him in the the second round if if I missed a running back in the first round. Are you are you much higher than like industry standard? Like, where's the ADP on this guy, and where are you at? Is this is this kind of like you're putting your flag in the ground here, or um, is this really where all the rankings are going to have him? He is. I'm looking at Fantasy Pros ECR, so the rankings right now, average rankings, and he's at 12. So I'm not too okay. too far ahead of him. Um, ADP wise, I could get you that for just a second, but this is generally where he's going. I think okay. people would make a case for a couple of the guys after him here above him, but it's it's the same tier. So he he's going to cost a premium for sure. Sure. Okay. So I can kind of buy that, especially I, I continue to put the the little fireworks next to AFC West guys because I'm just I'm all in on that division but uh for sure Fournette right so here's a guy that was highly drafted and you know d- didn't necessarily put up eye popping numbers uh with Jacksonville which yeah okay you know but whatever yeah. uh, and now but now he's in the Bucks uh system so like you got the offense there um mm-hmm. and he really kind of established himself as a, as a pretty reliable guy. So it kind of swung the pendulum back. Um, are, are you, are you higher than most people on Fournette or is that about where Fournette's going? So it's been a little bit of a roller coaster with Fournette because there were some reports. He was out of shape um, maybe a week or a couple months, maybe a month ago. Um, but we just got news today that he's back down to his normal weight. So we, we might be okay here with Fournette, but um, if you look at, uh, this is in standard scoring, but if you look at ADP right now, I believe he's right about um, RB12. So not too far away. Um, the, the thing with him is I think we've, there's questions on how good of like a, a running back he is just from the pure sense of, you know, explosive plays and all that kind of stuff. I don't sure. think he's going to wow you with what you see on the field, but I mean, he put up 18 PPR points a game last year. He was getting six targets a game from Tom Brady. If you're in Tom Brady's trust, like you're generally locked in for a couple of years. Um, even two years ago, 2019, he put up 17 points a game with uh, almost seven targets a game. Like somehow he keeps getting this passing game work. And I don't entirely undersure, uh, understand how he keeps getting it, but um, they they trust him in the passing game. And as long as he keeps that in this offense with Brady, he's going to score touchdowns and he's going to catch a bunch of passes. So um, I know it's scary because we've just kind of felt like Fournette's about to hit that cliff for a few years now. Maybe he does. He's 27, but he's just getting a ton of targets. He, his touchdown rate wasn't outrageous last year, so I don't see any reason he can't do what he did last year. And like I said, that was a, a really good season last year, 18 points per game. So I don't know. If you think Rashad White, the rookie, is coming in and taking work from him, maybe, but Brady hasn't really trusted rookie running backs in the past, in the passing game. So we'll see. Uh, but it's not a ton of competition for Fournette. 
Yeah, Fournette posted a picture of basically his head photoshopped onto a larger gentleman's body in a suit and said like something like time to get ready for camp or something. And the guy had to be 350 if he was a pound. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was pretty good humor by uh, Leonard Fournette. But for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I all right, I could kind of buy it. Like we're getting into the spot now where, I, you know, they're not there's not no brainers. And so you are betting on context a little bit too. And we also have to challenge our preconceived notions. And I feel like I've, I have a preconceived notion about Leonard Fournette and I don't want to do that anymore. Let's, let's, let's open that up. And I don't think I have owned Leonard Fournette in a fantasy uh, team no. ever. Like I don't think I've ever had him. I think uh, I probably did in his early Jacksonville days, but you know, something I should have mentioned up top is, I mean, we're going to rank these guys. There's a whole, there are whole groups of these players that I just don't draft. Like I have to sure. rank them somewhere, but um, he's getting towards the end of the second round in ADP. Uh, if you don't want to deal with Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette, just make sure you get one of those first six guys, you know, uh, just lock in your RB one and then just start drafting receivers. And on the, our next show after RB 30, there are a lot of fun, later round running backs we can get this year that I think have legit upside. So that's kind of the advantage of taking one first round. It, it's hard to pass on like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup. But if you get one of those running backs, you don't have to take these other running backs. So that's kind of a big selling point for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you have anybody else in the A tier? Anybody else deserves to be along this uh, locked in group? Yes, I am going to sneak in some more here. Um, and I don't... Man, they're probably not locked in. Well, one of them's not locked in, but we'll, we'll get to that. Let's start with Aaron Jones. Um, I know it's a Packer, so I'll be brief. Uh, <laughs> they just I've been drafting him for years. They don't have anyone else to throw to. He's good in the passing game. He, he had a step back last year, but uh, he didn't score many touchdowns. His carries dropped some. He's going to have A.J. Dillon. That's annoying if you own him. Uh, he's going to be eaten into work. But um, I think even though the Packers offense is not going to pass as well this year, they're still going to be winning a lot. And I think that means good things for Jones. So I, we could see this offense really funnel through the running backs this year. Yeah. One of those guys I hope's taken before my pick. Yeah. Fair. Uh, all right. Anybody, who else? Yeah. So, okay. This is a controversial one. Some in the fantasy community have Saquon Barkley really high. Um, and then there are people that he's just on the do not draft list. And I understand both arguments there. It's kind of a cop out having him at the end of this tier or towards the end of this tier. Uh, so it's kind of a leap of faith. Like, does he still have it after ACL injury, high ankle sprains? We haven't seen it in a few years, but just elite target upside in the past, like 121 targets his rookie year, uh, 73 targets in 13 games back in 2019. And then maybe this coaching staff knows how to use him a little bit better than the previous coaching staff. I don't think that's probably a stretch. So I, this could go south. He could barely be in an RB2 for you, but if you're the type that swings for the fences, um, you can get him at a, a discount, and he's shown it in the past. So he's not one that ends up on my teams a ton, but I felt like he deserved to be in this tier just because we've seen him do this before. I mean, talk about a name, right? Yeah, like exactly. this is a guy that the guy that shows up to your fantasy draft that hasn't done anything all offseason, hasn't watched any news, he's going to be sitting there in his draft, and it's going to come to him, and he's going to be like, wait, Saquon Barkley, and he's going to take him, right? Yeah. So I feel like you're not going to get a bargain on Saquon Barkley. I feel like is the name is so yeah. present for people. Uh, but I, I I, mean, I have no confidence in, you know, uh, Daniel Jones as a quarterback, but, like, I do like what 
the Giants did with their front office and their head coaching hires. And and I do believe in Brian Dayball. So I, I, I guess I'm kind of fighting myself on this one because I, I don't know, like I could see that this, this swing for the fence actually could pay off here. So I, yeah. I could see how this could be a pretty polarizing choice here. Yeah. And it's really easy to look at the spreadsheet and see his targets from the past and be high on them. So I think that's kind of how the fantasy community gets so high on him. So um, Nick Chubb rounds out this tier. So let's okay. just go ahead and get him out there. Um, he's definitely higher in standard leagues for sure. You know, he's going to score you a ton of touchdowns. Um, there's obviously the big Deshaun Watson situation hanging over his head. I probably am lowballing how many games Watson's going to play this year. I've kind of assumed we're just not going to see him much. I'm starting to wonder. Um, Chubb would definitely shoot up the rankings if we knew we had Watson for 10 games, you know. Um, but, you know, other than that, if you're not playing in a standard league, like he's been between 15 and 17 PPR points per game over the last three years, which is really good. But, you know, Joe Mixon did better than that last year. Like he just hasn't had that ceiling because of the last lack of pass catching. So um, they rotate their backs, even when like he goes down or uh, Kareem Hunt goes down, they'll rotate into Ernest Johnson. So I just don't see the huge breakout. If you're someone who just loves the consistency, then he's a great pick there. Um, but he rounds out my tier there. I just, I don't see the huge breakout again, standard leagues. Like you could probably make the case for him up by Mixon and Swift. You know what I mean? So it just depends on your league type here. I, you know, in a lot of ways, I think he's the best pure runner in, in yeah. football. Like he just as a pure running back. I think he's, he, he's maybe the best. And Absolutely. so it's just, it's interesting to see him at 13, RB 13, yeah. but it is what it is. Right. I mean, it's like you said, there's, there's context to all this stuff and he doesn't really get the targets. So, yeah. um, and that's just such a huge thing in PPR and half PPR. I mean, he's under two targets a game. So it just, it really adds up. It gives your players a higher floor if you can just kind of get those five, six, seven points a week from, from pass catching work. So if he just runs hot on touchdowns, like he could act, absolutely crack into that S tier. But I, I have a hard time seeing him really like lead the league in fantasy points this year. Yeah, the path for that is is incredibly narrow without the pass catching. And without um, 17 games of Watson. I, I think with Watson, maybe we could talk ourselves into it. I don't think you're going to get 17 of Watson, but um, I don't think 10 is that crazy of a stretch. Yeah. Sure so doesn't we'll seem see. like they're throwing the book at him, but we'll see. Does not seem like it. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we're going to move on to the boomer bust here. And if you want to handle the the high floor, uh, low ceiling tier at the same time, feel free to do that. I'm going to okay. start pulling guys up here. I'm uh, one. I'll just make a comment that there's uh-huh. a couple guys here that like, it's like, wait, what? You guys haven't talked about this guy yet. And, yeah. and I, I, I know that, and I appreciate what you said about, you got to try to get out in front of this. These guys are getting older, you know, mm-hmm. they fall off a cliff. You don't want to be holding the bag on a, a running back. That's one year too, you know, too late. Right. So you're trying to get out before that happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just like, does Alvin Kamara really deserve to be this low? Let's well, start with Alvin Kamara. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. And I've got him in my boom tier. It's, it's the legal situation for me. Uh, okay. He got in a fight before the Pro Bowl. Uh, supposedly it's on video, which we've seen is big for the NFL. I mean, they I, they really injured somebody. It was him and some friends, allegedly. Um, they really beat some guy up, and supposedly it's on video. And kind of the thought is if that thing ever leaks out, like he he could get suspended regardless. And if that leaks out, uh, he might be in real trouble. So it's kind of one of those things, kind of like Deshaun Watson, too. I just don't enjoy picking someone who's got a suspension hanging over their heads and has gotten in trouble like that. And not saying that none of the guys above him have had issues in the past, but I, that's what worries me about Camara. But I will also say, like, I don't trust this offense a ton. Uh, we're now without Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Uh, that's going to hurt his passing volume, his pass catching volume. But you're right. I mean, Camara, if not, if no legal issues, he's right there with Dalvin Cook at the top of the S tier. So. It's it's just how much you want to risk getting a getting an eight game suspension handed down for Kamara. Oh, that is not what I meant to do. Um, which and we know playing the NFL's suspension game is impossible. It's tricky. <laughs> so. It's tricky. Yeah, it can, it can burn you one way or the other. Uh, does he lead off this tier for you? I'm just not personally drafting him, just because I just don't want okay. to deal with the suspension. So fair enough. So basically, there's like a whole tier of ADP here that I'm just not really drafting, and and Kamara's kind of in that tier. So, okay. um, yeah, I actually have James Conner ahead of him, and I know this sounds crazy. He's in my boring tier. Um, I think that's appropriate for James oh, sure. Conner. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he's in your boom tier. That can't be right. <laughs> no, no, no. He's in the he's in the boring tier. Um, he had a wild season last year, though. He scored 18 touchdowns last year. Uh, it was a it was a crazy touchdown rate. We don't necessarily expect that to repeat, but they don't have Chase Edmonds anymore. It's just him and Daryl Williams and some late drafted like UDFA types. So, hey, I don't know if he's going to score 18 touchdowns again, but, um, you know, it's, if he scores 13, he's still going to be good. So he wasn't very efficient. I don't really trust the Cardinals like play calling and play design and everything, but he looks like he's going to get a huge workload and he's going to score touchdowns. So um, he's actually ahead of Camara for me just because I'm not worried about him getting suspended. And he was really good last year. So uh, kind of a, a little bit of a hedge on, uh, I don't expect him to be like last year, but I do think he'll be useful. Yeah, a little bit of a, I mean, just a reminder that these two tiers are kind of, they kind of go together. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of 
the higher floor, the higher ceiling, you know, so, so we deal with B and C together. So uh, fair enough, uh, you know, and, and you're not going to repeat 18 touchdowns, but uh, he, you know, he definitely will have the volume of carries. Cause like you said, there's not a lot of competition. So um, yeah. who, who would be next? And I mixed up all of this order. So just start telling me to pull guys up. Okay. So this is where we really go, go for ceiling here. Um, I'm going with Brees Hall in the boom tier um, rookie second round pick for the jets. I am not someone who is hyping up this Jets offense because I don't think Zach Wilson is all that great, but I still think it's worth taking shots on Brees Hall personally. I would rather take shots on him than take shots on the receivers because I just don't know what the passing game is going to look like. But, uh, you know, we looked at um, Ryan Heath, another good article he put out a year ago for QB list was looking at league league winning running backs, the types of um, players that have won leagues in the past. And he fits a lot of those from a rookie perspective. He was a, a second-round pick in the draft, so he had a high draft capital, 36 overall. Um, he has a 98th percentile speed score, so that means he's he's big and fast, a good combination. And he had a 10% college target share. So he has a, a allegedly a high pass-catching floor. Uh, they drafted him high. They should use him a lot. His competition is Michael Carter, who looked good, but he was a fourth-round pick last year. So this is a big swing here. This could go poorly. We know how rookie running backs can go. Um, but this is one of the few in this like middle tier that I find myself drafting a whole lot. And like I said before, I'm generally getting one of the top six or so, and then I'm going to wait a little while. And Hall is one that I find myself uh, kind of uh, early fifth round, maybe somewhere around there. It's just, a, it's just a shot at the upside here. We've seen these rookies break out, and I, I, I think he's our best shot in this draft. So um, I'm sure you're going to have some some questions on Hall, but um, it's, this is just pure upside play. I mean, I, I live very close to Iowa State University, and and Hall is a is a guy that uh, you know I have some friends that really like him and, and speak very highly of him, and and uh, think that he's you know the best thing to come out of Iowa State. So right. um, you know, I, I I just it's more about the Jets' offense, but. You know, and and I and actually I had some Michael Carter last year. Like I used, I had him in a league, and I, you know, I it's like he was well, fine. He was good. seems like he was okay. He, pro- he probably yeah. will have continue to have some role. So that that's probably part of where I'm at with Hall. But um, it, it's it's more about the team context. But you yeah. never know. I mean, it, it, running back is a is is a position that if you've got the talent, you can you can step in right away and have an impact. Yeah, and eventually we're going to get to these like Antonio Gibson and, um, you know, Miles Sanders types. It's kind of like we've seen them be mediocre for three years. Like, would you rather risk yeah, it on yeah. Hall or, you know, take kind of what you know, a little safer, but maybe the upside's not there. So um, I'm not quite to them yet, though. Let's get to another uh, B tier. Let's go Cam Akers. I am a little bit lower on him than others are. Um, part of it's the Achilles injury. Uh, I know he came back for the stretch run last year. He didn't look real great, though. Uh, part of it's just he hasn't gotten a ton of passing game work, so we're really banking on touchdowns here. And that is a good bet in the Rams' offense. So I don't have a problem drafting Akers. I just – some people are getting uh, really into drafting him, and I'm just not going to draft him that early because we just – we love his talent, but we still have not seen him do it, whether it's injuries or kind of being eased in as a rookie. So we're doing a lot of projecting with Akers too. I don't think he's going to catch a ton of passes, but this competition is not great. It's it's Daryl Henderson. That's about it. So um, I, I I like the upside there, but I also would not be surprised if he's he's pretty mediocre this year. So uh, my league that I have kept, uh, I drafted Acres with my last pick last year, mm-hmm. and it's a keeper league, mm-hmm. and you have to give up a 
a pick like two rounds above where you got him. Yeah. So it was obviously very strategic to just hold him the whole year uh, for for this this in the next couple of years. Exactly. So having something like that, like so, not ever hardly anybody's going to be in that situation. I'm asking you a very specific question, <laughs> but I'm also asking you this question in in terms of these are the kinds of things that you need to think about based on the types of leagues you're in, right? So if right. you have a keeper league and you have one of the, like a, a, an ace in your whole cards, right? Uh, and maybe he's not an ace. Maybe he's, you know, he, he's a, it's a, it's a King or a Jack or something, right? Like whatever. It's a good card. It's a face card. You know, it's got a lot of value. Um, how do you use that when you're at the draft table? Right? So how do I, how am I going to come in? I've already have cam makers on my roster. Mm-hmm. So how do I approach the draft with the 10th and 11th pick? Am I trying to go and grab two running backs? So I have, I have two running backs and a flex spot covered. Am I, do I make sure I'm, I'm grabbing a wide receiver? Can I, can I make a luxury pick and take somebody like Travis Kelsey early? Like how do I use that capital that I already have in my pocket to maximize my draft return? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I would say, you definitely want an RB1 still. Uh, I, I think the benefit of this value on Acres is that you're getting that range of running back. I don't really love drafting, but you're getting him as like a dark throw running back with that draft capital. So I would get a locked in RB1 for sure. Um, me personally, I would tend, I would just piece together RB2 with Acres, probably your RB2. Uh, I would kind of count on him being that third round value, um, but you get an extra third round pick. So uh, yeah, I guess to answer that, I would say running back first round if you can, and then just draft receivers for six rounds to take a tight end, take a quarterback, whatever. Um, but no, I would use that as your advantage. Like he's your RB2, get your RB1. And then then when you take some of these later round dart throws, like they really start looking good because they're your RB3 or RB4. Um, so it just gives you some nice depth. So no, I, I think that's um, that's how I would do it. And uh, that's a great value for sure on Acres because he's in my boom tier. Like he, he could have a James Conner season like from last year, 18 touchdowns, and I would not be the least bit surprised. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That'd be great. Let's, let's mark them down for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Who's next. Okay. Next on our list. So this is where it starts getting a little sketchier here. I would say um, let's go with Zeke here. Um, we're going to put him in the boring tier. Um, personality wise, probably not boring, right? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just another, I know some people are going to see this and think he's way too low. I would not fault you if you want to take the value on Zeke. It's really hard to tell when these guys hit a cliff. Um, but he wasn't super great last year, 14.8 PPR points per game. He was playing through injury, so that could be part of it. But when you get it as an older running back, that's part of it too. You start getting injured. So it's just a really worry that they've got Tony Pollard there. I know they've had him for years, but eventually I think they're going to mix him in more. And uh, I'm just looking at Zeke's workload here. Like of all these running backs entering their age 27 or older season, he has the most touches under his belt. He's got 1,938 career touches. Um, so he's got a lot of work. Derrick Henry's second at 1,495. Kamara, 1,285. Like, so he has got a lot of usage. It would make sense that he's starting to decline. So I certainly think you're going to get touchdowns out of him. I still think this offense is good. I just, I think a lot of people are going to think we can get one more prime Zeke year. And I, I just don't think it's in the cards. This would be an off the board player for me. Yeah. Okay. I would have no, I have no interest in him because I think Pollard's the better back at this point. And I just think that he's there because of the contract, because of Jerry Jones and because of Dak Prescott. Yeah. I just don't think there's a lot of football reasons why, why Zeke's there uh, and, and for, for that salary. Um, 
So I, I think that from a football standpoint, I just, mm, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. And I don't think I've drafted him. I've done a lot of drafts this off season. I don't think I've taken him. And it feels like they're missing so many weapons this year compared to last year that they can't just get by just running Zeke up the middle for four yards of carry. They're going to have to get some more explosive plays. And I think that means more Pollard. Um, it might be easier for teams to just stop them anyway, you know, like with less weapons in the passing game. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on Zeke. All right. Who's next? Um, let's get to David Montgomery. Uh, this is boring tier for sure, but, um, he's been sneakily good in fantasy football. So really for fantasy football purposes, he's not all that boring. He's been a productive player. I mean, he had more points per game last year than Zeke did. Um, he had more points per game the year before than Zeke did. So he's been pretty good. He gets passing game work. Um, the concerns are just how good is the offense going to be? Um, how good is the line going to be? Is this new coaching staff going to use him like the previous did? Because like I mentioned, he was second behind uh, Najee Harris and Snapshare last year for running backs. So they could still love him and they don't use him quite like that. Khalil Herbert maybe gets some more work or whatever. But uh, that, that's the concern for me is that maybe he gets a few more breathers this year and then that volume kind of falls off a bit. Yeah, I think that from a, a carry share standpoint, I could see it going down and having Khalil Herbert take a little bit more of the load. But mm-hmm. I, I wonder if there's going to just be more volume overall. So the the yeah. carries might might be the same. I I I personally, and I know this is bias, um, I personally would put him ahead of Zeke. Um, I would take Montgomery, but I, again, I'm a Bears fan, so I, I understand that I can't be trusted on this issue. <laughs> um, but I, I think that there's more positives to to his game and what they're expecting out of him now is that offensive line uh going to coalesce i don't know i mean you know they they have improved it over the last couple days with some signings uh you know with some veterans and they've got some guys that could develop so i I, i'm kind of you know again if if you're a bears fan and you're in a fancy league you're probably in it with other bears fans he's going to get overdrafted um if you're listening to this and you're not a bears fan and no one in your league's a bears fan i think there's value here this is one. This is somebody in this in this area that I think is worth taking because I think it's going to be a solid RB two. Yeah, and I, I am intrigued by the Bears because there's a chance they're just play calling is better. You know, that's mm-hmm. always a sneaky spike with these coaching changes. And I still think Justin Fields is good, even though the coaching staff hasn't really shown that with the the, the team they're fielding. I know that's a whole other topic, but um, I would be supporting Justin Fields and let's rock and roll here. So we'll we'll see. Maybe we can just make this work just with with Fields and Montgomery and Mooney. Yeah, Why that's not? possible. Yeah. All right, who's next? So let's go with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he's going to be boom bust for sure um, because 49ers running backs, Kyle Shanahan, this, everyone's scared of this. Uh, nobody wants to draft the expensive 49ers running back. So because of that, I'm not drafting him a ton. I would tend to uh, the next show, we'll get to some of the guys I would draft cheaper. But um, he really took over the backfield last year. I mean, I know it can change from year to year in San Francisco, but they really trusted him. He was a sixth-round rookie. They gave him the ball a ton. Um, he scored 15 PPR points a game with almost no passing game work. Uh, he would be another one where uh, in a standard league he's a little better. I, don't, I just don't think he's going to catch eight passes, but he'll score touchdowns. And, hey, if Trey Lance gives him a boost in the running game, I think we could see some explosive rushing totals here out of Elijah Mitchell. So, um, I, he's not, he's not someone I'm drafting a ton, but I have taken him a few times and his ADP is pretty reasonable. He's, he's closer to like, you know, fifth, sixth round, as opposed to some of these other guys. So I think you can take some shots on him, but, um, again, 
San Francisco. They could be playing Tyrion Davis Price this year. They could go back to Trey Sermon. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know in San Francisco. Oh, I've been burned so many times by <laughs> uh, Shanahan offenses through the years and running backs and thinking, I've got it. I yep. got the golden ticket and then yep. nothing. Right. Yeah. I've, I've burned. I, I can't wait till we get some of these other guys that have absolutely burned me too. So <laughs> there's um, a bunch of them coming up. Yeah, I've, I've got, I've got some nightmare uh, nightmares coming up, but who, who you got next? Yeah. I mean, they're kind of all nightmares from here on out though. So uh, yeah. So next up let's go with, well, so, yeah, let's go boom tier. And this is kind of, like I said before, Brees Hall, this is avoiding the nightmares. Um, let's go with Travis Etienne. Uh, he is another one that I am not nearly as high on as the Twitter fantasy community is. Um, he has not played an NFL down. He had a, yeah. a Liz Frank injury last year, right. missed a bunch of time. Um, he's really talented uh, in the passing game, at least. Um, we hope that Trevor Lawrence is a little better this year. I think we could also assume that James Robinson coming off an Achilles injury is going to be a little slow. He avoided pup list that just came out today. James Connor or James Robinson did. So I might drop him a little bit in my rankings. Cause I thought there was a chance that James, uh, James Robinson started on pup, but um, I don't know. He's a pass catching back. People really liked his profile coming out of college. People get very excited about him. I'm not quite there, um, but I do recognize his upside. So his ADP is 46. Um, that's ahead of, um, I guess Elijah Mitchell, maybe that's about it, but people are excited to draft him in some circles. Yeah, my counter is one, it's the Jags. That's scary. Uh, you don't really know what to expect here. Two is that the last regime drafted him. And you don't really know what this this new regime is is really interested in and gonna use him. And mm -hmm. so you're gonna get the benefit of seeing some preseason games likely if, if you're going to wait for your draft. So, you, you know, you, you'll have more information than we have at this moment. Uh, likely if you're, if you're going to be drafting a little later than like tomorrow and you're like, all right, guys, like tell me about running backs. So you might know a little more. I, my suspicion is that um, this will not be great. So I'd be a little worried, right? Like you said, he hasn't played it down yet. Uh, yes. He was a high draft pick, but it was by a previous, uh, administration, you know, previous regime. So, you know, how much does that really count? Right. Um, and, and again, it's this Jags, they did put a lot of money into uh, free agency this year, but I don't know. I'd, I'd rather let somebody else find out if this is going to work. That's generally where I am with them. I, I'm just, I lean so much into the boom running backs that it's hard for me to rank them too low, but I'm right there with you. I just, I'm skeptical that a player with a, a serious injury after his rookie year, they're really going to give him a big workload. I mean, we're going to get to J.K. Dobbins later. It's the same with him. I just are they really going to give him 200 carries like coming off right. a major injury? I, I just don't see it. Yeah, Dobbins is a guy that I, I like a little more just because of that offense. But you're right, you know, particularly since they were just starving for running backs last year. Um, is he next? Uh, we can talk about else? him next if you want. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Where you Let's got get to? Um, I think I actually I wanted to fill out these bottom tiers a little bit, not to say that he's that far down, but I had him in the touchdown tier, honestly. Oh, okay. Um, he just with Lamar, they just haven't established a whole lot with Dobbins in the passing game. His upside is it's a it's a really good run offense in Baltimore. They're a good team. Yep. He's just going to score a boatload of touchdowns. So that, that's the upside with Dobbins here. Um, like I said, though, my concerns are just I mean, he's coming off an ACL and LCL injury. Um, that's worse than just an ACL injury. Uh, Gus Edwards in the backfield is also coming off of one, but it's just ACL. He's a little ahead of Dobbins. Um, so we're probably not going to see a ton of passing game work from him. He could be a little delayed to start the season. He just 
uh, got in a Twitter fight with, I think, Schefter or Rappaport because they said he, he might not be ready for the start of the season. So he thinks he's going to be ready, but I'm still a little skeptical. I just don't know if the volume is going to be there, but upside with touchdowns. So standard league, I think he gets a boost. Um, I really, I mean, I love him as a player. I drafted him a ton his rookie year and I maybe next year, just give me, give me a year off the ACL LCL injury. That that's the big thing for Dobbins with me. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, who's, who's next on your boom tier or your high floor tier? Man, it, it feels bad to call these guys high floor, but it's just kind of where we, we are. I think, um, you might hate me for these two. I'm going to say Miles Sanders. Uh, we're going to put him in the boring tier anyway. Maybe not high floor, just boring. Um, he, you know, he's been an NFL running back for a few years. You know, he's produced 14-point fantasy seasons. Like, we've seen it from him. And I had Antonio Gibson, who's next in the boring tier, ahead of him coming into the offseason. And um, we had Drew DeLuca, an Eagles fan um, from QB List, on. Uh, myself and Ryan Heath talked to him on the podcast. And we were kind of comparing Sanders and Gibson. And ultimately, I I flipped it because I kind of decided Sanders has less competition in the backfield. Um, he's got Kenny Gainwell, who's kind of a pass catcher, and Boston Scott. They don't have Jordan Howard right now. Like, it's pretty thin there. And I think they're going to be a better team. They got a better offensive line. Um, I know maybe you're not the biggest Hurts fan, but they have good weapons in the passing game. So sure. I ultimately decided if I'm going to take one of these frustrating guys, um, at least give me Sanders, who I think maybe could have a route to a bunch of touchdowns. Um, Gibson is next. Gibson's a talented player, but they just drafted, I believe, a third-round running back, um, the Brian Robinson, um, and they've already got McKissick in the passing game to t- to eat work from Gibson. They brought him back when he was a free agent, so I just think Gibson has more competition, and he's in a worse offense. So that's how I landed Sanders above Gibson when about probably two weeks ago I had him flip flopped. These these are two guys that I have just nightmares about. These are two guys that I have invested a lot in over the last couple of years, and like nothing yeah. right so uh these are guys that i'm i'm you know once bitten twice shy or whatever the phrase is right like i'm <laughs> i can't do it i can't i can't do it with these guys they have to be super value and drop probably a round or two below adp for me to be like all right fine i'll put them on my team but well and i, I will say everyone else is so um gibson hasn't quite fallen as much i think he's gonna fall a lot more though but um miles sanders is down to like adp of 66 so you know we're starting to talk there he's starting to get into the the range where maybe you can talk about it. I, I again, I, this is kind of a tier I'm just staying away from, so I don't blame you. Fair enough. All right, what's next? Sorry, my uh, neighbor's driving a race car down the street. Um, all <laughs> right, <laughs> next up we have. Um, I think we're down to the lower tiers now, but let me just make sure before. Um, yeah, so that rounds like out our Joe boom. Burrow run, running his sports car or Jamar Chase, like your, all the Bengals players running running by your house. <laughs> Not quite my neighborhood. I wish it was, but um, no. Uh, yeah, so okay, let's get to next. Um, we're going to go to the PPR tier, CH. Yep. He's another one. And he's not even that much of a PPR back. He just is more of that than a touchdown back. Like that's been the big disappointment with CEH is I thought we were going to get, you know, six, seven target games from him all the time. And it just has not happened. There are some excuses you can make for him in the past. Like supposedly last year he came into camp and we didn't know it, but he had like gallbladder surgery and was super underweight last year. Hmm. Of course, we didn't hear that till like a year later. Um, it kind of sounds like excuses, but hey, if he was if he lost a bunch of weight, I get it. But he's on the pup list just as of today. Might not mean anything. I just wanted to mention that. But 
you know, it's he's not been very good, but he's 23 and he plays for the Chiefs. You know what I mean? So yep. it's hard for me to completely give up on him, but I, he's another one. I think he's burnt all of us for a couple of years now. Yeah, I've never I've never had him because, yeah. you know, someone someone's always got him, you know, Chiefs fan or, you know, just yep. even just the the pure uh, appeal of a highly drafted guy on a on a high volume offense. Right. And so I've, I've never actually had him on a team, but I, I mean, it, again, you, you follow these certain rules. There's certain rules that you, you kind of follow as, as a fantasy player. And you're like, well, this guy's got a high pedigree and he's on a really high volume offense. So this is going to yeah. be a good pick. And so far it's just been disappointment. Yeah. So then this is kind of like, I mean, you're seeing it with these last, you know, probably six or seven running backs we've mentioned, but this is why I avoid this tier because, I mean, we'll get to these on the next show, but like someone like James Cook, the rookie for the Bills, I can take him 40 picks after CEH. And maybe he's just better than CEH is. He isn't just as good of an offense. So this is kind of why I get one early. Two, if you're really, like you just really love hammering running backs. And then let's wait till our next show to get some of these guys because, I mean, the rest of this list, there's some upside in these guys actually here. But um, it's just, there's a lot of warts on these players. Uh, so so who's next? I'm actually surprised Josh Jacobs is still around uh, just because of how highly drafted he is. And I think that the Raiders offense could be pretty good, but I'm not a Josh Jacobs fan. So it's not like I'm sitting here like pounding the table for him. Um, but would you you would put him as uh, in, in this tier? Yeah, I had him as the touchdown tier. Um, he definitely could score some touchdowns. Here's what I worry about with Jacobs. He, he's been a little mediocre anyway. I mean, he's been really productive for fantasy, but never quite had that breakout year. So we already got that coming in. Um, he's entering the last year of his deal and they've got a new coaching staff with Josh McDaniels coming in. Doesn't mean he's going to do the Patriots backfield thing, but maybe he's going to do the Patriots backfield thing. We'll see. Um, but they also brought in a ton of running backs. Like they drafted a fourth round running back. They brought uh, Brandon Bolden over with them. They already had Kenyon Drake. Like there's just, there's a lot of names in this backfield. And so, I'm just a little worried that the ceiling isn't high enough to risk that this is more of a committee this year. Um, also, what if Devontae Adams takes most of the touchdowns? I could totally see that happening, you know? So maybe this offense is high flying and they stick with Jacobs in this role. Um, but those are the reasons I worry. And even we, he's been about 15 PPR points a game the last, you know, several years. Like DeAndre Swift was at 16 last year. Like those are the kind of up and coming players I would rather take because they don't even have to lift off and they can still top that 15. So definitely safe. I don't mind. I don't fault you for taking him, but I just, I'm worried that he's not going to be this bell cow, but somehow he's only 24. I, I don't know how that's possible. So um, Josh Jacobs is still young. I got to check my spreadsheet here. Maybe it's wrong. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely young. He hasn't been in the league that long. This was the uh, uh, Khalil Mack trade. Uh, oh yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, we got four, four backs left. So we have moved quite briskly through this show. Um, who, who do you want next? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's Pollard. Uh, I was going to go AJ Dillon next. Okay. Let's go AJ Dillon. He's going to be in this tier, right? He's a touchdown guy. I will say though, I was impressed with his passing, passing game work last year. He looked pretty competent in that role. He, He got some work. So, um, he's the first of our handcuffs. Um, you can give him that little icon there. Uh, I do think if something happened to Aaron Jones and Jones has had some knee issues in the past, like Dylan could win you your league potentially. Uh, it's just, I, like I said before about the Packers there, I think they're gonna have to funnel this offense through the running game. So Dylan's got a lot of potential. He's a monster, just looks like he's going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Hasn't quite happened yet, but I think they'll need him more this year. So, 
Um, I, I think he's worth that shot. The problem with Dylan, because some people are really, really excited to draft him, is you look at your roster week one and you're like, oh man, am I going to start him? <laughs> so that, that's kind of where it, it, it gets a little dicey. It's like, when am I going to actually start him? Yeah, t- I mean, never for me because, of course, I won't draft him. But yeah. did you see the uh, did you see the Lambo leap at the game the other day? I did. I did not see the video, but I heard he got. I think the the security was a little upset with him or something. Yeah, he got the uh, security guard like pushed him. I don't think they knew who he was, <laughs> and then he was just like, I think he like pointed like, "All right, fine, I'll, I'll jump back up," and he like jumped up and into the into the stand. So pretty pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, again, he's a Packer. I'm not going to like him, but you know, I kind of, kind of like that clip. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who's next. So let's go ahead and just talk about Pollard. Cause really these last ones are just interchangeable here. Yeah. I have him in the target section. I, I think we could see a, a jump there in his workload in the passing game. So it's just, it's kind of one of those situations where if you are going to be down on Zeke, then I think you need to be fairly high on Pollard like you know somebody's gonna eat and in this running game I still think the offense is good the offensive line is worse in Dallas so that's worth factoring in the the talent is worse but like we said before I think they're gonna need him so um, he's the more explosive back maybe maybe this is the year they feature him he he could have some standalone value even if Zeke's healthy and then if Zeke gets hurt um, it's it's like Dylan he could win you your league so um, lots of upside I think maybe a little more playable from week one. Maybe I should have him above Dylan. I I just kind of trust um, the Packers to be playing with a lead more and just hammering the run game. That's kind of why I have Dylan ahead. But they're pretty much the same player this year. Yep, absolutely. Fair enough. Uh, and like I said, these are the only two guys that get the handcuffs on this show. We'll use those handcuffs yeah. a lot more next show. Yeah. Uh, but But these are the first guys that are doubled up on a team. So uh, we got two guys left. Who would you like to attack first? Uh, let's go Damian Harris. Um, he's in the touchdown uh, column, the sixth column. So um, he was, I think probably most people forget how good he was last year. Um, he was really good from a fantasy perspective. And it was really because of his touchdown rate. I mean, he just spiked a high touchdown rate on the ground. Uh, we probably don't expect that to happen again, but um, they trust him down there. I trust Mac Jones to keep the offense, rel- you know, relevant. Like I, they're not going to have just complete meltdown. So I could see a lot of touchdowns from him. The issue is there's a lot of big Ramondre Stevenson fans out there. Um, he really pushed for work last year as a rookie, which usually they, uh, the the Patriots running backs don't push for work as a rookie. And he looked good last year. They also drafted, I believe, Pierre Strong in the third round. So it's the last year of Damian Harris's deal. Um, there's, there's competition coming from him. But, I mean, hey, 14 PPR points a game. He's going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Just don't expect any passing game work from Damian Harris. No, and you've got the uh, whatever the heck is happening there with offensive coordinator, uh, and yeah. you know it's never a good idea necessarily to trust the Bill Belichick running back anyway. So, yeah, you know, hopefully you're you're at the point where this is a this is a flex play for you. Um, this is someone that you take that you, you don't need as an RB one or RB two uh, yeah. at, down at this level. But um, yeah, interesting name to 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 remember, but we'll probably get into it in the flex show where some of the, some of those flex plays are going to be more attractive based on their uh, ADP yeah. where you just maybe just avoid this, this area. But yeah, exactly. uh, last guy, Chase Edmonds. Uh, yeah. He's uh he's in the pass catching role there. So put him in the D tier. So this is one that uh, on our podcast, we talk about a lot, Ryan Heath and I, like we just don't understand why he's going so late. I mean, he's going after pretty much all these guys. Um, he's in Miami now. 
Um, he's got an ADP around 91, and I've seen him drop a lot farther than that. Um, I think he's a really good value. He's one of the only Miami running backs that they actually like paid. And um, Mike McDaniel brought in a, a whole bunch of running backs here. So I, I don't think they like Gaskin and the guys they had. So I, Chase Edmonds get, got the most guaranteed money. I think he's the lead back there. He's going to get pass catching work. He's not going to be a true bell cow. But last year um, on Arizona, he was the RB28, and he only scored two touchdowns. Uh, he's got a 8% career target share. He had 11% last year. Those are pretty good numbers. So I think the Dolphins are going to have an interesting running game, and he's going to get some work. He's going to get some work in the running game, but also in the passing game. So I'm drafting him a ton. Um, you don't have to draft him as the running back 30, uh, but he's ending up on almost all my teams as, as a, a bench depth player. So he's kind of the first. He's kind of like the preview of some of these upcoming ones where I'm drafting them a ton just because they're so cheap, and I think they're undervalued just because of their their place on the depth chart for their team. All right. So. I mean, I liked him in Arizona, and yeah. so I'm I'm pretty curious to see what happens here uh, with him in Miami. So, all right, let's let's talk about our favorites. We're gonna each gonna get two, one guy in the S or A tier, you know, sort of that RB one guy that we really like more than the rest, and then we'll take uh, somebody down below. So, uh, why don't you start us off and and pick a guy that you really like here? Yeah. So. I'm not going to take one of the first three just because they're so great. Um, I'm going to take Najee Harris. I just end up drafting him a lot. I think people are very scared off by the situation. And like I said before, I just think the combination of just youth and usage here is just hard for me to pass up at the end of the first round if I want a running back. So um, I know there are warts here, but um, Eckler's probably like my favorite, like, you know, pound for pound, like bang for the buck type player here. But um, I, I think everyone loves Eckler. So let me go out on him a little more. I, I'm drafting a ton of Najee Harris at like picks nine through 12 this year. I, uh, I'm i actually going to, uh, I would love to just put it on Dalvin Cook, but I just don't think that that's that going out that far because he's an elite player. And and so I'm, I'm not really, uh, I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that I think Dalvin yeah. Cook's going to be great. So I'll take the other divisional back here okay. um, at the top. And I, I will say Swift because I do think that the Lions offensive line is going to be pretty good. And so this uh, Swift looked pretty good as a rookie. Um, I, I like uh, projecting that he is going to improve uh, here in year two. And, and again, I just, um, this team is going to be competent this year. The, the Lions team is going to be competent and that's a lot different than being super bad. And so that plays in his favor. He's going to have some, some ability to salt away some games. He's going to have some ability to score more touchdowns. And so, yeah, if it, honestly, if I'm at that 10 spot, I, I don't hate that. I don't hate if I'm, if I'm grabbing, if, you know, the top six guys are off the board um, as many first rounds do, uh, especially in a, I think this is a standard league. Um, I, and Swift sitting there, I'd probably take Swift. Yeah, he was actually going to be my second choice. So I love that. Um, yeah, everything you said. But I really love Javante Williams. I, I just don't want to, I'm still a little hesitant, but just as a player, he's one of my favorites on this list. So I think those are my three were Harris, Swift, and Williams. So Okay. Uh, all right. Who who in the boomer bust or lower tier do you like? Yeah, so this is a tough one because it's factoring in ADP here on all these players. Sure. Um, but I want to represent who I'm actually drafting here. So I know Chase Edmonds is not the most exciting, but I just think he's totally mispriced here. 
I don't think he's that far off from some of these Miles Sanders types. But like, I just I think there's a huge opportunity for him. The price is awesome, and I'm drafting him a ton. So I thought about Brees Hall because I'm drafting him a decent amount too. Um, but it just kind of shows I'm kind of skipping over the rest of these guys. That's fair. Um, I I think that that's interesting. And actually, if if he's around that ADP or ADP t- uh, tier that you're talking about, I'll probably take him. Um, because like I said, I did like him there. I'm going to, I'm going to play Homer here. Um, yeah. and, and I'm going to take Montgomery because I think that when I look at this tier, I think he stands out as the guy that I would feel most comfortable winning this tier without any real question. I think that, uh, compared to the boomer bust here, mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be at least two, if not three of these guys. Right. So I think yeah. out of these 10 players, I think that he'll probably finish third uh pretty comfortably and and to me that's a pretty good bet i'm not necessarily always a high floor low ceiling guy but mm-hmm. when you're talking about rb2 i actually think that that's really nice having having consistent points from an rb2 is is a really nice way to build points on a fantasy team go out and get your rb1 and have that guy win you weeks or you know have your quarterback uh you know stack your quarterback wide receiver whatever uh you know strategy that you have and and win games that way but having your rb2 give you steady consistent points is not a bad thing and of all these guys um i feel like he's gonna he's gonna deliver for you yeah and i we'll we'll get into it more when we build the overall board um this gets really complicated when you start looking at the receivers that go in the same range so um, that's a whole nother conversation. So uh, that's kind of the only reason I don't draft the Montgomery types is just because I'm usually drafting a receiver, but I agree with you. And uh, like I said before, I'm all in on betting on Justin Fields. So um, let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm headed out to Chicago tomorrow and I'm, I'm going to be awesome. at camp then uh, the rest of the week. And so I'm ready to talk real football and I'm, I'm ready to do this a uh, little programming note. If you've been joining us, you've been watching these really appreciate that. Again, if you can hit subscribe, uh, that's going to help us out a lot. Uh, we're going to take next week off. Uh, QB list is launching their new, uh, you know, 7.0 or whatever it is. Sorry. I'm just guessing. Um, and, uh, and so Eric's going to be super busy with that. And then, and I've got some stuff going on next week. So we're going to take a week off and prep for probably a top 30, top 35 wide receiver show. And then we'll come back and we'll do flex players where it's all those wide receivers and running backs that we didn't talk about in those two shows. And then we'll do the final wrap it all up, how to kind of think of the whole board, how to put it all together. Um, and hopefully we'll have all of the resources here for you on how to think about this uh, going into your drafts, which I know a lot of you go into the draft, uh, your fantasy drafts in the last couple of weeks uh, of the of the summer. So uh, really been fun, Eric. Any final things, any final thing you want to plug before we get out of here? No, just like you said, um, August 2nd, we plan on launching all of our rankings for the website. Um, we're going to have a ton of podcasts, so check out the QBLS Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, got some good stuff. We just started our team preview series, so we got the AFC North up. Um, Ryan Heath just took a look at uh, software wide receivers, so just check out QBLS.com. We got a lot of stuff, fun stuff coming. Um, it's kind of full gear already, but especially next week, we're going to be like full fantasy football season mode. So it's an exciting time of the year for sure. Awesome stuff, Eric. All right. Well, you can find Eric at Eric Smith QBL on Twitter. I am at Gridironborn. Uh, hit us up with any of your questions. And until next time, keep mock drafting.